Welcome back to Feminist Book Club, the podcast. We're not just about feminist books. We are here for social justice, literature, and media in all its forms. But we do that through an intersectional feminist lens. Thanks for being here. Let's get started. Welcome, friends, to Feminist Book Club, the podcast. I'm Ra. And did you know in 20 years, 44 seasons, 1,100 plus contestants, there have only been two plus sized people cast by the Bachelor franchise. That's right. We're talking about feminism and reality TV again. These stats were brought to my attention by Roses for Everybody. And today I have the immense pleasure to be joined by Jenna and Rach from Roses for Everybody. And we're going to talk about what they're doing and how they're changing the game. And I guess I should have asked first, is it everybody or everybody? <laughs> Both. It's a, it's a pun. It's a pun on everybody and everybody. Yes. Ah. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you for being here. <laughs> thank yeah, you. Was, we definitely realized like that is such a mouthful of a name too. We were like, oh boy, but you know, it's a little bit better than my original idea, which was just fat bachelor inclusion to be abbreviated to the FBI. And I was like, I don't know if that's what we want. <laughs> yes, FBI. Um, no, we're trying to kill the cops in our head, Jetta. No, we do not want to be the FBI. <laughs> I don't think I need that. <laughs> so thank you so much for having us. Um, hi, I'm Jenna. Um, yeah, I, I'm so excited to be here, and we got Rach here as well. Hello. Yes, this is me. I am Rach. <laughs> yes. um, I was so excited to see your launch, and y'all launched on the premiere of the Gabrielle Wendy Rachel Recchia season, um, which was kind of like a historic day in itself in American Bachelor, but now I feel like it's even more historic because he started this campaign. Um, and you know, there has been such a large erasure of large bodied people in reality TV. And what I appreciate is that you're getting more people to talk about it already. Mm -hmm. um, why did you want to start it? I mean, I think the why is obvious, but I'm like, want to know deeply the why. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, the why is kind of obvious in some ways, but not for everybody, really. You know, I think what we're finding is that a lot of people are still asking us why The Bachelor or why reality television. And, you know, I think we just really strongly believe that is you know, frivolous as some reality television can seem to people, it's very accessible to uh, so many. Mm -hmm. um, it's a great dialogue starter for a lot of people and their friends and family, their jobs. And also, you know, reality TV doesn't happen in a vacuum. Like there is literally like stuff that will happen on these shows that are, you know, that are connected to the bigger social political like conversations that we're having. And so it seems like, why not, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, media is like really informative to how we view groups of people that we may not be a part of. Like it completely, think about any, any sort of marginalized group you've never had to interact with in your everyday life. Your preconception of what they're gonna be like is gonna be the media. And if you never see fat people in media, then you're told that fat people are not like deserve to be like seen in public life to participate in all sorts of these like everyday things people like every that all people should be allowed to participate in um including dating on silly reality television <laughs> yeah it's like the idea is like why would you want to be on here why why are we bothered like 
but why not? Yeah. Literally, you need to answer to me why not? Why am I not allowed to be on this trashy television show? Why am I not allowed to get a social media platform to make money? Why am I not allowed to be a villain even on the show? You know, like mm-hmm. there's literally, I don't understand why not. <laughs> so it's more of like, why? Yeah, sure. But why not? I think that is the bigger question. Like <laughs> why? Yeah. Why not? And I think, yeah, why, why not? I, I really <laughs> don't have anything else to say after yeah. that because it's the truest statement. It's like, why not have all these people on there? Because as young people, like I'm sure the bachelor's 20 years old. Um, yeah. I knew it was around when I was nine years old. Like I started watching when I was like around 12. I didn't see any larger bodied people on there. It didn't make any, it, it would have made a world of difference if I did, or if I saw brown people or, mm-hmm. you know, we don't even need to get into queerness and reality TV today, oh, but yeah. like, you know, <laughs> that's a totally yeah, different We're story. happy to come back and have that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But um, how long have you had this in the works? Um, so I, Jenna, myself, I, um, I co-host a podcast that dissects the bachelor through a queer feminist lens called date card pod. And, um, we've been having it for about four years and we've often had the conversation on our podcast or in our DMS or on our, our comment sections about, oh, will the show ever have a, you know, a fat lead or anything like that? And my answer was always like, I don't think so because the track record has shown that it's not going to happen. Um, and then for a while I was like, I'm not sure if I even want that because it will be difficult and, and maybe icky, you know, seeing the reaction from people. But then I got sick of that conversation, always plateauing at that. And so after like most recent season, Clayton season, there was just like another date that they had where they were just talking about body trauma related to fatness and not a nuanced way while also still actively excluding us. I was like, we have to do something about this. So I just put a call out and said, hey, are there any fat bachelor fans that want to work on this secret project? And I got a bunch of awesome people that came in and then we all worked together and we were working on it for a little over four months. Um, I think we quickly realized that we did want to make a big splash and do it on the premiere of the next season. And it worked out that, that they were giving us a longer <laughs> off season for the first time in forever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I just replied to Jenna's DM. <laughs> I was like, absolutely. I love You're talking like, about fat things. Sign me up. <laughs> Sign me up. The people I watch with already here, like whole dissertation essays about the socio-political ramifications of The Bachelor. So it felt like the right project to participate in. Beautiful. I've got, I it's love been really stalkers. great working with everybody. We have yeah. a team of six people and then we have some ancillary people as well are helping, but it's been just really a great experience to learn and grow as well. You know, like all of us are entering the space, not as experts, you know, but just as people who are living in bigger bodies in the society. So I think we're bringing a lot of different like experiences to the table and then a lot of different skill sets. And mm-hmm. it's just been a really beautiful thing, to be honest. Yeah, the balance of skills that we collected kind of haphazardly is very <laughs> impressive. Like we have graphic designers, we've got professional writers, like it's cool. <laughs> You'd be surprised. Like yeah. when you give people like a certain mission that everyone's passionate about, like their skills come out of the woodwork and everyone just shines in different ways. And 
y'all can do some really cool things that way. Mm -hmm. So hell yeah. So you have six people on your team to do this awesome project, um, which is amazing. And you have a petition with 6,550 signatures today and it's July 18th. Um, hopefully this goes up before the end of July. <laughs> I'm, I'm shooting for next week. Um, and that is growing. You have heavy hitters like Rachel Lindsay, Chelsea Vaughn, and Katie Thurston that have signed, uh, which is amazing. So you have support of some, some of Bachelor Nation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How does that feel? from my perspective at least I it's, it's really been really exciting to see so much of the support um not just from Bachelor Nation alum but like from the periphery media content creators around it like there's been a lot of support from them a lot of people who have like these really wonderful platforms have given us opportunities to talk about our campaign which is really cool um I will say it is a little disappointing that some, a lot of the alum who have reached out to us have wanted to do so privately and without mm -hmm. making a big fuss publicly. And, you know, some of these people have stepped away from commentary on The Bachelor. So I completely understand not wanting to ruffle more feather. You know, they've stepped away from commentary. So I totally get those people with like the private support, but there are quite a few people who are still like active members of the franchise and who are, I mean, some of these people may be on contract as well. So you, you never know, but it would, uh, it would definitely be nice to see more public support from alum. Yeah, I think it is a mixed bag as well. Yeah, I, it's very exciting to see how much support we did get and are yeah. still getting, um, but it's disappointing, but not shocking to see a lot of people just not really wanting to engage, you know, because, because, and, you know, it's a hard conversation. Yeah. It's a hard conversation. And uh, we worked really hard for these last four months of really trying to be intentional with our language and the amount of meetings we had to just talk about whether we'd be using the word fat in our logos is, was a huge thing. And we know that that is going to be a hard sticking point for a lot of people to put themselves out there. And, you know, um, so it's not shocking, but, you know, we would, we would love more people to just engage in the space. You know, and I think there's also a misconception that thinner body people can't have this conversation with us. And that's not true. We need to have this conversation as a whole. And so we're working towards that as well and helping people realize that you can say the word fat in a neutral or positive way. And you can still have this conversation with us. And so I think that's also potentially, a, a, you know, an issue to some people who would like to share, but feel uncomfortable, you know, with some of the language, mm -hmm. but our, our like side goal is to help with that. Like this will, this will help everybody. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's such a great side goal. Like I really appreciated your slides um, with like a glossary, just to get people out of that mindset that fat is a bad word. Yeah. I think that's really important because, um, I mean, we posted an Aubrey Gordon quote and we've also said versions of this in our own words all over, but we can't actually fight anti-fat oppression if we can't name the bodies being oppressed by it. So if you can't even speak about fat bodies neutrally, it's like, how can you then treat fat people neutrally mm -hmm. or even positively? You know, and it is work. It's, it takes a lot of work for, for fat people and thin people alike to get used to that kind of language, mm -hmm. but it's important work. And it's really beneficial to like everyone in your 
lives and your own lives, your internal relationship with your body and your relationships with other people around you. Like, it's just important. Um, yeah, one last thing I wanted to say though about the, the Bachelor Nation people, we have had some like really cool unexpected allies. Like Peter Weber, we did not reach out to him to be like, hey, can you talk about our campaign? And he and Dustin did a whole little segment about it on their podcast. That's so we like, I was like, okay, Peter, unexpected ally. I love that. Um, okay. yeah, I loved that. And I also think another thing, you know, there have only been two people who have not been like the standard casting size on the show. Mm-hmm. So it's not like there is a lot of Bachelor Nation who understands where we're coming from necessarily. So we just need a lot more of them to be allies to fat yeah. people. It's speaking of those two people, I just kind of, I feel like we should name them. And then I want to go through with the list of the man. So the two people, they were um, Bo Stanley and Brian Witzman. So Bo Stanley, surfer, gorgeous person. I looked at her photos and I was like, damn. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) And uh, she was on Crystal season. Yeah. And then uh, 15. Okay. And then Brian was on Katie Thurston's season, which was out in 2021. Michelle season. Oh, Michelle season. Okay. I mean, so they happened within six months, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So 20, 2022, 2020, it was recent. Recent. Um, was recent. And they got no screen time, both sent home on night one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let's go yeah. through these demands. That sucks. So let's go through the demands and uh, how we can change things. So there was the first one, cast the minimum of five fat, diverse contestants each season. Yeah. And that really cut, you know, dovetails into what uh, you just mentioned. You know, we, one person per season is not enough. Mm -hmm. It will tokenize the person as it did with both Bo and Brian um, in the very brief time that they were on the screen. Um, and it can be isolating for the individual. If there's only one of them, it really does like make them this like person that just stands out in a way that's just really not what we're seeking. So the show needs to cast more than one individual. And we are demanding that they cast five per season of the bachelor and the bachelorette. Mm -hmm. And we're saying diverse because, you know, both in like racial diversity, because Mm -hmm. to cast only five white fat people would not be meeting our demands. Um, We want like diverse representation, both in body type and size, but also in race as well. Makes perfect sense to me. (laughs) Um, Okay. And then we got number two, give equitable screen time to fat contestants. Yes. Screen time equals... Platform money followers yes. yes you know what our black and brown contestants our fat contestants deserve the same amount of screen time and also deserve to make money and, and get and, those deals and we want their screen time to be not focused on their identity you know mm-hmm. we believe that if any fat individual on the show wants to talk about their experience as a fat person in society they absolutely should and we would be here for that but the entirety of their storyline on the show cannot revolve around that right. so that's what we are asking for that as well yeah all right and then we got choose leads who specify that they are attracted to fat people which katie thurston did and yes. did not get that pool yep correct, yeah. correct. so what the hell casting yeah Uh, and then provide mental health support to contestants navigating harassment yeah helpful for everybody 
Mm-hmm. Could be helpful for everybody. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And then we have our last one, hire fat staff and production and incorporate fat inclusion training, which I think is also very important because if you have people who don't understand large bodies. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is a different reality show, yeah. but I, I think about this all the time when I, I, I'm a big uh, fan of Big Brother and Survivor. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'll see the way these challenges and they don't adjust the like equipment being used in the challenges for the different body types. So if you're short and the challenge requires like length or if you're tall and the challenge requires you to be close to the ground or if you're fat and your challenge requires you to be very like keep close to the body, all of these people are disadvantaged from these competitions in ways that are like not fair and not their fault. And like, we've seen these shows make adjustments in that. So um, like in the same way, it's important. Like if you don't have staff thinking about, hey, this isn't going to work for everybody's body, then you end up with these disadvantages. So within The Bachelor, which is obviously a different (laughs) type of show, but if you don't have staff um, who understand like, hey, maybe we shouldn't get a sponsorship from Revolve because they don't make clothes past a size 14. Maybe we should look for a sponsorship from a company that does carry sizes for all our contestants, you know, Mm -hmm. stuff like that, that foresight that would hopefully make the experience for fat people better. I think demand number four and five really hold hands with each other in that way because it does it, it we need the fat production to be hired to think about these levels and to have it all be connected you know you think about matt james season there was a um a scene where they were all wearing wedding dresses and fighting in the mud i mean whatever mm-hmm. right so ridiculous but you know uh one of the contestants is I I mean um was it Victoria what's her last name I can't Victoria Larson, Larson. yeah yes. Victoria yeah Queen she's Victoria. the goddess now yeah, oh, goddess you. Victoria and, um, I'm so sorry and we're not here to talk about her body necessarily or anything like that but you know I do think she identified as like a size six or you know a little bit on the bigger side of the standard that the bachelor casts and she even was having trouble fitting into the stock wedding dresses like that's absolutely unacceptable and the fact that people are not just like completely irate over that is just flabbergast me sometimes and we have we've had comments from people I mean like well yeah this is a good thing but also can't we just like get them to cast even just normal bodies one what's a normal body <laughs> who's defining that but two, yeah, that's what we're, we're trying to get them to just literally be inclusive of all. If they will not cast larger bodies, they will also not cast size 10s or whatever, you know, if you deem to be a, a normal body, which is again, not, not what that is, but you know, it's just like that, this is, it's all connected. And the fact that Victoria didn't have a dress that could fit her is all connected. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if we fight for the liberation of those most marginalized by their bodies, um, then all people be- like below them are also get lifted up from that liberation. So yeah. and I remember Victoria getting body shamed too. I know, um, absolutely absurd. So <laughs> absurd. On the internet being like, they've never had someone like that on the show. And I was like, oh my goodness, what is, what is the show doing to people's standards of bodies? <laughs> what is happening? Exactly, and that's why we're here to, just to try to change that conversation. Cause yeah, yeah, what is it? The fact that we're, that's the conversation where it's going, that's not okay. Let's no. put it back. <laughs> right. And so besides signing your petition and following you and understanding your journey and learning more, about journey. that uh, your journey I don't know it's that is I oh god I I did pun not intended uh 
<laughs> what else can people do to get rid of their anti-fat bias? So you have- one of the easiest things you can do to start getting over anti-fat bias is follow, like follow fat people on the internet on visual platforms. Like the more you see different bodies over and over and over again, the more you realize how our bodies come in so many different varieties of shapes, sizes, and even just like in size within the same like pant size, there's so many different shapes. And you'll start seeing all these people have their bodies like fold and bend in different ways and it'll normalize even your own body and like the things that you hyper-focus on your own. Like follow, that's like one of the easiest things, just follow fat people on the internet. Um, It also gives fat influencers money, which is good because they are disproportionately less followed than thin people. Mm -hmm. They're making less money on brand deals and all of this stuff. But just seeing fat bodies and fat people with frequency will help normalize fat bodies. That's what I need, that's one easy way. Um, do you have any thoughts, Jenna? I have other thoughts, but <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's like I get, um, you know, I think it's a simple thing in some ways, but it, it maybe doesn't seem simple or you just kind of forget about it. But just have conversations with people, you know, I just mm. think have conversations with listen to your fat friends, listen to your fat co workers, and then have dialogue with people who you know are thin and 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 just just have the dialogue of uh why are you thinking that way what why mm-hmm. when um, people it's, it's so simple like somebody will be like oh that person's so brave for being fat and wearing a crop top ask them why are they brave like what why are you saying that you know like that's a simple conversation to just start dismantling how we're thinking about the situation yeah when people have like negative i mean obviously not all situations are necessarily appropriate for this do when you're comfortable but if you're with your friends and they're talking negatively about their own bodies or other people's bodies challenge them ask why why did you say that why do you think that and then you know just just talk to them about it you don't even have to have all the answers you know there's there's always learning like we're we're leading a campaign for fat liberation and we are also still learning every day about it so um yeah don't don't beat yourself up if it's like not perfect but it's it's the effort like we said in our campaign we're not asking for perfection we're asking for progress and we as individuals can apply that to ourselves when it comes to learning and unlearning things Mm -hmm. and perfection is all a system of white supremacy that we're all just trying to dismantle so (laughs) absolutely it is no one is here to be perfect and we're all just learning and unlearning just like you said rage like i got you Um, yeah yeah. and you know we're we're going over time but this is a very important conversation that I feel like needed to be had and there was no way that we would have been able to fit this in a shorter span Um, but before we start wrapping up uh, do you have any books since this is feminist book club Mm -hmm. um, do you have any book recommendations about that liberation or and yeah, any recommendation. <laughs> um, so one of, two of like, I think the most important texts of Fat Liberation to read, they're both modern texts of come out in the recent years. First one would be Fearing the Black Body by Sabrina Strings. Um, it is a uh, history of fat phobia as we know it today, how it came to be, that traces it back to the transatlantic slave trade um, and anti-Blackness. And it is very pivotal to understanding anti-fatness and where it comes from because it was born out of anti-fat blackness and we can't eradicate anti-fatness without also fighting anti-blackness 
because it, mm-hmm. it, it's a byproduct of it, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, in the same, in the same vein, another incredible book, one of my favorite books from one of my absolute favorite fat liberationist minds. Um, it is called Belly of the Beast, The Politics of Anti-Fatness as Anti-Blackness by Deshaun L. Harrison. It came out last year. They are a, a fat, black, uh, non-binary trans writer, and it, it's a short read, and it is so good. They touch on so many interesting intersections of fatness and blackness, transness, um, the the prison, the carceral system, all of this stuff. It is so interesting. It is so well-written. It is so it's honestly a transformative text. I've been following them for years and I already was familiar with their work. And, and I've, I've read through the book multiple times because I always find something new. It's incredible. Those are definitely my top two uh, recommendations, I would say. Yeah, those are really good ones. Um, so one you always keep referring about like tipping the scales. Oh, that one is really interesting. It's called Tipping the Scales of Justice, uh, which is an incredible pun because it's about um, <laughs> anti-fatness in court systems and how uh, to maybe how there may be a path towards um, legal protections for fat people. So it explores how the court, like fat people are discriminated against in all levels of the court systems, criminal court systems, family court systems, all of this stuff. It is heartbreaking because they go through a lot of tri- like examples with trials in which children were like taken from parents for neglect because they were just fat and all sorts of stuff, like all sorts of, it, it's, a, it's a heavy read, but it is very interesting. And I mean, the pun alone is fantastic. Tipping the scales of justice. <laughs> yeah, it's like, let me just add all of these to my TBR. You're very good. That one, I will say. It's ever growing. (laughs) (laughs) That one is a little older. It's from, I believe, it was published in the 90s, I believe. Okay. Uh, But it's great. And another one, ooh, I just just really like this one. It's like, I would call it fat liberation adjacent. Um, Mm -hmm. It is called shameful bodies religion and the culture of physical improvement oh, oh. that's title. It <laughs> it's written um by uh, a woman who researches uh eating disorders and christianity and later in her life yeah very interesting later in her life she um had uh, a, a knee injury she's like a very athletic person she had a knee injury had to get a knee replacement and was like functionally disabled by that for a period of time and started having very like negative reactions to perceiving herself that way and then she had to be like whoa, whoa, whoa why am I so mad at myself for being temporarily disabled what's going on here yeah. and she explores how um she uses the term religion a lot like holistically but as somebody who grew up in evangelical Christianity, I also like it's she's talking about Christianity a lot of the time, mm-hmm. uh, specifically like puritanical Protestant evangelicalism and how, you know, this like separation of the mind and body, the body being like sinful and base, which is why there's all these weird attitudes about fatness, about aging and about disability. So she covers those three things. So the fat chapter on fatness is super interesting. That's why I say it's, it's adjacent because she's not coming from a fat liberation perspective, but she's it's very well written and it's very interesting if you are interested in that, those intersections of topics. <laughs> I mean, you know, as someone who had an eating disorder, that's up my alley, you know, yeah. <laughs> as a fat person like, raised by Christians, it's up my alley. <laughs> and, and then I can give just one little, like more pop culture uh, book yes. <laughs> to stay on theme. Um, there is a book written about the concept of having a fat bachelorette lead it's called one to watch by kate um uh, stamen london and it 
is a fictional book based very closely on The Bachelor. Like it has like similar, like the host structure and a like spoiler guy, like Reality Steve. It's very funny. And it just has this plot of suddenly there is the first ever fat bachelorette and what it would be like. It's a really fun read. It also makes you think. And I just think it's, you know, if you want to understand what it would probably look like if we were able to achieve success, it's a good book to read for that. Absolutely. Gosh, I was just saying I needed something a little lighter because I've been doing yeah, too much heavy reading and yeah, that it's fun and that, it's a cute little love story and it's yeah. just great. Yeah. I, I'm in. Sign me up. Um well, if anyone wants to find you, where do they look? <laughs> you can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Roses for Everybody. And on Twitter, we are at Roses, no, the number four, every bod we couldn't secure. Somebody <laughs> <laughs> got it for us. Dang. But uh, if you go to our Instagram at Roses for Everybody, we have a link tree and it'll take you to all the different places and all the different press outlets that have been interviewing us and podcasts like yours, which is like, thank you again so much. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Like, thank you so much. Um, it's really, like I said, this was an important conversation that I really wanted to have. And I just wasn't sure where to go with it. And I'll just showed up and I was like, Oh, (laughs) I want to know these people. I want to talk to these people. They're doing cool shit. I need to know what's up. So I want to just say thank you for being here. Um, We're going to have all your links and all your recommendations in the show notes. So everyone can find them and find you. So yeah, um, yeah. And thank you again. This has been feminist book club, the podcast. Thanks for listening friends. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of feminist book club, the podcast. Want to be part of the club? Here's how you can join us. Obviously subscribe to our podcast and leave a rating and review for brownie points. Follow along on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, and TikTok. All of those links are in the show notes. Sign up for our newsletter to be the first to know what our next monthly book pick is. And check out our award-winning monthly book subscription service. Oprah Magazine named it one of their favorite book boxes, and Shonda Rhimes called us one of her favorite subscription boxes in general. There are multiple membership levels for any budget, and it's an excellent way to support the show and the voices you heard today. See you in the club. Well, Red Woman is a dangerous creature. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom, and a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off 
at MVMT.com.